Hello and welcome to episode 19 of This Week on Earth. This episode brought to you by the one, the only, number one realtor in Madison, Wisconsin, Lauren Young. Today we have a quarantine update, we ramble about baseball, we point guns at our junk, and wrap things up with a self-improvement tip. That's right, Mom, we're still doing this. Thanks, Penny. <laughs> How are you doing? Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Big, uh, big news in Minneapolis. Uh, no, uh, yeah, good man. How are you? Doing pretty well. Yeah, still, uh, still inside. Still don't have a car or access to any, you know, way out of this city. I've been trapped. I've been in the same square mile or you know whatever square, like five miles for. This is going on my fourth month. God, dude, you guys should buy like a motorcycle been. or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, like whatever your cheapest options. Go Not honestly, you should go on like Craigslist and buy like a two thousand dollar piece of shit just to make it through the quarantine. And how then... would I get my third computer built if I bought a scooter? <laughs> yeah, you could sell one computer and then you guys could go hiking every weekend. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. It's been rough, but I, I don't know. Weather's getting nicer. It does seem to be like this quarantine thing ending a little bit, right? Things are starting to open up a little bit. Uh, even here, I think we're supposed to find out tomorrow if uh, stuff like uh, salons in like minor, uh, I think restaurants, but like only patios and only 50% yeah. capacity. There's some goofy stuff there, but starting to at least, which is a positive sign. It doesn't feel like March anymore where it was like, oh, yeah, it was going to you know, go on indefinitely kind of a thing. But Yeah. No, that's totally uh, that's good with me, man. I, I I love the idea of outdoor patio seating. I love that it's like minimal capacity. I I hope I hope the restaurants can make money doing that. Honestly, like I know it's shitty because this is like going to be restrictive for a lot of folks who can not who don't have, you know, I, not that I'm like living like a fucking Rockefeller or anything, but like you know we've got some expendable income. Like you know I I'm comfortable with like one of the restaurants down the block is going to do like these packages and you pay like. It's like 50 bucks a person and it's like drinks are included. Like, you know, it's all you can drink, but let's see how often they come around to the table. All right. They're not going to be like, you know, taking a bath on uh, beverages, but it's uh, like a set course meal. You have drinks provided, everything like that. So it's like a hundred bucks for the two of us and like all in. And I'm like, yeah, if that means that I have a little bit of space, I would totally pay that price to like sure. get out and like have a little bit of space. And like, yeah, I, I think that's fantastic. I just hope that restaurants are actually able to make money on that. It's not like, yeah, we're just basically breaking even or worse, but it keeps the doors open for another couple months until hopefully things get better. Um, yeah. Uh, ish. Uh, ish. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's going to be nice to see our friends again. Even I obviously virtually, right. We, that's happening, but like, I haven't seen a friend in person in four months. That's brutal, dude. I, like, I, so we, like, fortunately, I mean, Minneapolis is not like, I mean, I, I guess I've never actually been to Seattle, but I, I'm assuming, considering your location, like, Minneapolis, like, it's very suburban. Like, you've been out here, like, you've seen my place, so you know, like, it's basically like living in a suburb where we're at. Like, it's a little more city-like than a legit suburb, but uh, we've been easily able to socialize, do, like, you know, backyard social distancing has been no problem at all. 
So we've seen people not obviously not to the extent that we normally do. And like I've been able to golf like we have cars here because we're not like in the city city and very few people are here in Minneapolis. So like it's been very easy for me to get around and like honestly not sacrifice that much other than like, oh, I got to wear a mask when I go to Home Depot. Like setting a pretty low bar. Like other than I that, this was a free country, uh, Jack. Yeah, I woke up in a free country. Yeah. I just edited that and just re-listening to how <laughs> stupid, how stupid that guy is. Like, yeah. oh, the dumbest fucking argument You're on talking the planet. about the Costco guy that was yelling at a, a the boy Costco a couple weeks ago. Moron. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, Dave. Uh, we haven't looked at metrics in a while. Twenty nine. Is the estimated audience size three hundred and thirty-two plays? Uh, we got to start running ads, baby. Uh, speaking of which, I believe we have a sponsor for this uh, this this episode. We do. Uh, not a coincidence here that our viewership has grown. I'm pretty sure that's my family starting to kick in a gear. I basically yelled at them <laughs> to check it out. I think they are now. My sister. Uh, is also sponsoring this podcast, uh, potentially other podcast episodes too, if we want to break up the $12 donation that she sent over. So what I'm thinking is we we use $4 on this one. Uh, I haven't sent you any, I will. Tr- just just trust me, I'll, I'll send you the money. Yes. But I say we just make, do... Make me a check yeah. on a, a plain white oh, tee. No. <laughs> this I, will be the test. Don't you want a big check? One of those huge fifty dollars. Well, give me a give me a double XL uh, plain white tee. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll say we split it into three episodes, four dollars each. My sister yeah. has now sponsored three individual episodes. Thank you, Lauren. Shout out to you. Uh, she's my sister. She's great. If you see her, she's super friendly, and she didn't send me any copy. So that's all I'm gonna say. That's great. I- I'll say I'll speak to Lauren for a moment. Uh, Lauren, we've met three or four times and you've been nice to me each of those times so i want to say lauren thanks uh she she isn't always nice to me so that's i would say that's a pretty good streak um i'll also say at 12 dollars, so the going rate for uh ads is usually it's what do they say 15 bucks per thousand so once you hit a thousand listeners you can expect that your ad payout would be about 15 dollars for running one spot that said, we have 29 listeners. So if you look at the, the breakdown on that, 15 bucks per thousand is about 1.5 cents per listener. So that times 29 listeners would be 43.5 cents. What I'm getting at here is that your sister is paying about 30 times the uh, going rate for advertising. Well, I, I, uh, I gave her the we, family rate. The family rate. We are going to break her out over four episodes. So she's really only paying about, I don't know, what, eight times the uh, the industry average. So... That said, I mean, this is some premium content. This is one of the most valuable podcasts per listener on the market. I I don't know how Apple or Spotify are not scooping us up. Let me put it this way. It's such a premium podcast that our advertisers are willing to pay eight times the going market rate for uh, spots on our uh, podcast. So to that, I say thanks for not even send Um, us any copy. They're just they know us. us. They know it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, it's going to be, you know, 45 minutes, give or take, of uh, Star Wars review, maybe three minutes of jokes, uh, and then... <laughs> we know you another... love the Star Wars content. We keep that heavy. 
And then about 20 solid minutes of complaining about really, really petty issues. And, you know, that's the content that not only our listeners, but our advertiser, uh, Lauren, has come to appreciate about our podcast. So this one's for you, Lauren. She's the best sister that either of us have ever had. That's a great point. It's a great, great point. It's the fact. And I'd say she's in my top two for blood siblings. <laughs> well, she's not a blood sibling, so I guess, and I have in-laws now, so I don't know where I, what I got to say. So she's in my top. Out of our blood siblings. Now, now, now do I count, them. do I count my brother-in-law's wife would technically be my sister-in-law? Yeah. I like her very much, so I got to count her too. So she's in my top, you know, it's really nine, but let's say top ten just to round things off. Lauren, you're in my top ten uh, as far as anything related to a sibling goes. I'm gonna so. I'm gonna boost her in your rankings, and I'll tell you the logic here. Sure, 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 sure. If you they, take my blood siblings and your blood siblings and combine them into a pool, mm-hmm. and you're only ranking blood siblings, she would be top three. Something about the phrasing of combine your blood siblings <laughs> yes. in a pool there's, just doesn't sound a, great. I'll, I'll also say that of, of my siblings, there. of my siblings, very few have paid me $12. So, top five. Way to go, Lauren. You've crushed She's it. She's done it. Top five. Shouts to my sister. Thank you for supporting us. Looking forward to your next sponsorship renewal. It's up in three weeks. Yeah, but I got to tell you, we're probably going to have a slightly bigger audience in three weeks, so it's going to be $15 next time. Uh, related to that, the, so uh, the other day on the phone, I talked, to, I, I talked to actually each part of my family, and I have mentioned before that I have a podcast, and I have mentioned on this podcast that they have not listened, and I was starting to get a little upset. I have reached out to them. I have said, this is how you find it. Please listen to it. <laughs> they have started, and the first episode they heard was me complaining that they haven't listened to it. <laughs> so Perfect. I don't know if we'll get them to listen to more than one, or I haven't talked to literally none of them have even texted me since they have listened to the episode. So I don't think that's a great sign for my familial relations. But I will say, I, of all the podcasts I listen to, none of them have ever specifically called me personally out. So I will say, probably a novel experience for them. If they're big fans of some of those large, saturated market podcasts out there that everyone listens to, instead of these niche, highly tailored quality podcasts, they've probably never been never never been specifically yelled at on any of their podcasts. So honestly, you're welcome, Dave's family. Um, you're glad, in. Glad, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, forgive me uh, immediately. Uh, forgive I'll, me and keep listening. All press is good press, right? This yeah. is going to do, let me say, this is going to do wonders for your guys' career. So you're all welcome. Actually, they're, so everybody's either about to retire, and my sister works for herself. So we're totally in the clear there. <laughs> no kidding. What's she doing these days? Real estate. Oh, uh, good for and, her. And like oh, yeah. There's kind of odd jobs in there, but yeah, she's doing really well. She likes it. Uh, she's also in, in a uh, uh, media investor. Media invested. I'm sure. I'm sure she'll get paid back in spades. Some would say mogul. Actually, uh, sorry, sis, but I totally forgot. I could have plugged your real estate profile. I'll do that Hell next yeah. episode that you already bought. 
<laughs> oh, it's hey, you know what? I hear there's some great houses on the market in uh where's she at? Milwaukee? Madison, Wisconsin. Madison. Oh fuck yeah, dude. That's dude, that's probably a good spot. It's actually the real estate market there is still going up even throughout all this uh, COVID stuff. So there you go. Anyways, so, Lauren's real estate and house delivery service. Call one eight hundred Lauren. Ask for Lauren. <laughs> it's her, it's her houses, guys. <laughs> her phone. Call her houses. <laughs> and now, from your friends at This Week on Earth, a friendly self-improvement tip. When you find yourself on hard times, it's easy to feel like the world is on your shoulders. Sometimes it seems like no matter how hard you try, nothing goes your way. Today, what I'd like you to consider is that maybe you've set the bar too high for yourself. Maybe sometimes you're so focused on doing the right thing all the time that it's impossible to be happy being good enough. Today, I'd like you to consider a few ways to make life easier. Take a win every now and then, even if you don't deserve it. Taking a win can be as easy as a simple gesture or as intricate as a grand production. No matter what, the key to taking a win is just that, taking it. These aren't wins you've earned, or even deserve, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. Have you ever found yourself at a red light in the middle of the night with nobody around? Just blow it. Take that win. Or maybe you've been putting off cleaning the kitchen for weeks, and by the time you finally get around to it, your refrigerator is filled with weeks-old leftovers and handily soiled Tupperware. Sure, you could scrub that Tupperware. After all, it's why you bought it. Save food and the environment. Or maybe this time, just this time, you can just throw away the whole mess in the trash and then take the trash out so your wife doesn't find out you wasted $30 worth of Tupperware. Take that win. Or maybe you're golfing with a few friends and playing like crap. So after another terrible drive, you decide, I'm going to play my friend's ball instead of my own. Claiming you saw theirs roll a few yards further into that brush over there. They spend a few minutes thinking, there's no way he's playing my ball, right? An adult wouldn't do that before begrudgingly approaching the brush and making a show of looking before taking a drop a few yards over. Take that win. Or maybe you found yourself at the DMV, waiting for hours with a random alphanumerical combination on a take-one deli-style slip of paper. After hearing every other combination called in an order that you can only describe as random chaos, you're finally chosen, only to discover that the required forms listed on the DMV website are out of date and you now need an H1-23-C form, and will have to come back after the 48-hour waiting period. So you come back after the 48 hours with your H1-23-C form and use your time with the DMV employee to make small talk. The employee, taken aback by this kind gesture, agrees to join you for the upcoming midnight premiere of a movie adaptation of their favorite young adult book series. When they arrive to the line for the movie premiere at 9 p.m., you hand them an envelope with the tickets in it. Then fake you receive a phone call. You inform them that it's an emergency and ask if they'll hold your place, indicating you will be back in time for the premiere. The hours tick away and eventually it comes time to enter the theater. So they figure, hey, I'll wait inside and hold the seats until they arrive. As they make their way to the kiosk, they open the envelope only to reveal tickets to Cars 3. The usher informs them that they have the wrong tickets and the movie they want to see is sold out for the next few days, so they'll have to wait 48 hours to see it. Take that win. 
Big or small, sometimes a simple win can make the world seem like a better place. So even if you don't deserve it, take a win every once in a while. All right, Jack. You know the drill by now. In the area I am sitting, there are four. <laughs> In the area I am sitting, there are four corners. Three of them, I am as biased as the day is long in the summer, and it's the middle of summer. Yes. In the other corner, I am completely unbiased. That's the corner I'm sitting in now. If you'd like, listeners, step into my corner. Actually, two, two of them are biased corners. One of them's the unbiased corner, and then the last one is the pee corner. You gotta establish a pee corner right off the and bat. Actually, just... literally, one is my cat pees in the corner. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that's his pee corner. You that's, need your own pee corner. <laughs> I only have one corner to be biased in. Uh, half of the usable corners are it, unbiased. And that explains the why the why the too. bucks show up in every single conversation because yeah. there's a little bit of run over because one's. One is Tux's pee corner, one's Dave's pee corner, one's the biased sports corner, and then we get a little bit of bleed over into the unbiased sports corner. Yeah, and I, I've noticed that my floor is not even, it slants, so all of Tux's damage runs into my other corners. <laughs> so they're all pee corners. They're all, yeah, more or less, but some of them are unbiased. Welcome to Dave's unbiased <laughs> piss corner. We're, we're back couple things I want to mention before I really kick off into my central point. The first, uh, shouts to my girlfriend. Uh, it's my birthday last weekend. Holy Got me shit. a ball signed by Giannis Adetokounmpo. Okay, that's fucking amazing. But dude, I am so sorry. I totally spaced. Totally fine. Not totally fine. Oh, I'm so Literally sorry, man. fine. Uh, oh, happy, happy belated birthday. That's fucking awesome. There is. If you really want to make it up to me, give me a ball signed by Aaron Rodgers. And, and uh... Ray. Tell you what, I'll get you a um, ball signed by Madison, Wisconsin's number one realtor, Lauren Young. I'll get you a uh, sold sign signed by Madison, Wisconsin's premier realtor and media mogul, Lauren Young. I will take it uh, if, if she also sends me $12. Yeah, uh, we'll still pay for shipping, so <laughs> um, I, I can't, you know, choices. Um... Anyways, girlfriend got me a ball signed by Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the coolest gifts I've ever received. Related, as of today, Jack, it's, it's going to be official tomorrow, but the league has approved the NBA. Yes. Come back uh, July 31st. They're going to play eight regular season games, and they're going to kick off into playoffs. It's going to be played in Orlando on the Disney Complex, the Disney Sports Complex gonna be a little goofy there's gonna they they're like right the bucks are the number one overall seed and obviously playing at home is a huge advantage in, in pretty much any sport any major sport they yeah obviously can't do that there's no fans they're talking about ways that they can still keep that seed advantage uh some kind of goofy stuff one of them is like you get the ball at the start of every possession in the second yeah. third fourth quarter uh, there's there's stuff there but they still have to iron out some of that, but it's coming back July 31st. I am so excited. Uh, 
to feel absolutely miserable come October when the Bucks lose in the Easter Conference Finals. Yeah, in Orlando of all places with no crap. Um, point of order. I don't want to like. I don't want to embarrass you in front of our audience or anything. But I'm pretty sure you say. Where did you say it's at? Orlando. Yes. No, 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 no. I, I think you're mistaken. Go on. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the news I'm reading here says that it'll be hosted in the Midwest, it looks like. Uh, Flint, Michigan? I think they're calling it the <laughs> Mega Bowl. We're back! <laughs> Jackie Moon always puts his stamp on that lead. Corn dogs, Jackie! <laughs> uh, maybe they'll call the final the Mega Bowl. You know, like the each, each finals game, I guess you get seven Mega Bowls. Best uh, of seven it, Mega Bowls. I think if I was a billionaire, that's the kind of shit I'd do. I would say, hey, NBA, I will pay you $20 million if you can just call the final game the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl. That's the kind, because what's $20 million to a billionaire? I mean, right? you could... You're, you're going to make that up in, in what, two months yeah. on, on gains? Like, yeah. come on. Come on, Bezos. Looking at you, bro. You could be doing some way more fun stuff with your, your billions of dollars. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, we'll get the Mega Bowl in the NBA Finals. Uh, whatever the first elimination game is, we'll call that the Mega Bowl. Or, you know, they could pay, say it's a five-game series, right? $100 million. Every single, every single game of the Finals is a Mega Bowl. Big up. I'm in. Uh, so that's big sports news. July 31st, the NBA is back. I will certainly be tuning in and boring our audience with Buck statistics. Uh, another league coming back is the Premier League. I believe yes. this one is June 17th. We are not that far away. Yep. Premier League is coming back in huge Chelsea news. We've signed Timo Werner. Uh, it's not totally official, but it, like when seven different media outlets all report the same thing, and the agent's been cited, it, it's going to happen. Uh, 49 million pounds. Kids super fast. My friend Isaac and I used to buy him all the time in our FIFA leagues throughout the past few years, so you know he's good. Very excited for him to play. Christian Pulisic's coming back. I'm so excited for real sports again. Uh, very soon. Again, Premier League, I believe, is the 17th of June. I think our research team is looking that one up right now. NBA, I'm positive, is July 31st. I'm stoked. Another sign things are starting to open up a little bit. Uh, Hilariously, the MLB could not come to agreement on when a start date would be, so they are once again going to get supplanted by other leagues that don't even normally play in the summer because they can't get their shit together and start their season. Um, that is absolutely bonkers. So, Premier League coming back June 17th. So, the MLB one is fucking hilarious yeah i mean it is the most obvious sport that should be taking place during this pandemic like of of all the sport like there's very few that have less contact than baseball like it is so easy that they should be like all you have to do is like all right once they're on base you you step off the bat like like that's the only possible contact and if you have them testing like good lord there's there's still like practices and sure uh, I mean, there are interactions you got to worry about a little bit. People in the dugout, you, know, you, you can think around that. The, the biggest thing is this is from baseball's perspective. Like these leagues are coming back, right? Premier League's coming back. Uh, NBA, I think, is the first uh, you know American sport coming back. Uh, some of it just like NFL isn't starting. They don't have to worry about it. 
Uh, NBA is coming back again July 31st. Baseball's time is the summer, right? right? There's there's no other sports, the MLS, but they're not big enough here to really warrant a ton of excitement. It's this the baseball has the summer. The fact that they have not figured this out and tried to get games on the air is just catastrophic for that league. They they have they have bungled pretty much every attempt to move yeah. into the 21st century sports realm. Another huge one here is, and for those who don't know, their social media policy. They go after any video taken of an MLB game or an MLB broadcast and take it down, like off Twitter, off Instagram, whatever, unless it's from an official MLB source or team. Such an idiotic way (laughs) to confine your exposure to people that are already fans. Well, especially when it's like, you know, tickets to games can be like thirteen dollars. Like, what are you like? What are you preventing the public from seeing? It's a game that isn't aging as well as other sports that are faster paced. People, I think, in general, just have less patience. Is it in? Uh, not necessarily a knock i just mean that you you can just be more productive you're always connected you can see news instantly you can message people instantly you can share videos instantly and baseball's like no no only our videos which a is just incredibly hard to enforce and b cannibalizes your own campaigns like you're trying to get a certain amount of reach and then you're saying like no no no, but like there those videos we got to pull down. It's like you got to let those go, and you got to find other ways to monetize. Uh, no, this is also feels like what are you like? What's the fucking point? Like, yeah, is it yeah. really worth investing that much time and effort into like? Yeah, it's expensive. I bet. I yeah, too, exactly. But. Anyway, so so baseball's like dropping the ball once again. It's it's literally unbelievable how many times they can screw this up. And I I, I enjoy baseball. I really do. It's not yeah. my favorite sport, but it's like one of. Playoff baseball is one of the most intense totally experiences. Agree. Every single pitch counts, and there's no clock to bail anyone out. Right. Every other sport, it builds and builds, and you know there's an end of the game, and all right. the tension will be relieved. Baseball is like, person on a mound has to end the game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Thing. Yeah, you can't. There's no riding the bus in or parking the bus in, uh, right. in baseball. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. I, yeah, so as far as, you know, I'm not like a huge sports guy. I occasionally get into basketball, more than anything football. I'll, I'll watch most, most games in the Bears season. But like, even that, like, I'll miss a couple weeks and I won't be like, oh no, like, it's really not a big deal for me. The one that I like go in phases, but when I'm really into it, baseball, dude, is like my like, and it's just like, there's like 800 fucking games a season. So you can always just have one on in the background. That's the mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed more than anything out of this is like I wouldn't like consistently watch games, but I would watch at least one game a week. And it was usually like not something that I'm sitting there actively like paying attention to the entire time. But it's on in the back, like not having that like weekly. Like just that happening is like such a weird. I feel like something's really missing. And what's so frustrating is like tomorrow they could agree on some terms and start playing games. But instead, it's not going to fucking happen for, like, who knows? It's, know? It is a sport that is, again, struggling to move into the 21st century. People may, like, pick on that, say, with 21st century. We're, we are a fifth of the way through this century, right? If yeah. baseball wants to make it to the other end of this one, they've got to change a lot. 
Um, yeah, there's other I, things too. Games last three and a half hours, like sometimes five hours. Yeah, you you've got to figure out some things here, and I'm I'm not saying radically change anything, but like, uh, and they're and they're taking some steps to resolve some of this in terms of they play around with, uh, pitch timers. You got to get a pitch off every twenty thirty seconds, whatever. Yeah. Um. I think they're, they're a league that needs some work, and they're on the downturn, and they have yeah. not. They just continue to go down because they can't figure it out. I think it's tough too because it's like it, I mean, this is like the most obvious thing ever, but it's like you know, sacrificing some of the tradition of it. Like I, it, with all the replay and everything like that, like I do totally understand the argument against it. Like I, I think that they've done a pretty decent job of like we can meter how much there's that's being utilized in the game. Basically, if there's a really fucking bad call, we can basically cover our ass on that. <clears throat> but, like, it's not going to be every single play is like, oh, look at the camera. I mean, that works in the NFL because it's a much faster-paced game. Um, uh, arguably, you know, not right, but... Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. There are attempts to modernize, like, some of it, but it's successful, but there's just not enough. And it, it, for, like, a casual fan, too, right, like, that, that doesn't necessarily understand baseball, to have, I mean, you can have, spe- again, especially playoff baseball, but it's, like, intense and, and like, you really want to attach. If there's a casual fan comes in, doesn't necessarily care about either team, not in a region, and there's a batter, right, and it, like, say it's the bottom of the night, they get one out, a new pitcher comes on, they get one out, a new pitcher comes on to, like, close the game, right? Yeah. It's like a righty-lefty kind of a deal. They're actually changing that this year is one of the ways I, I mentioned they're, they're attempting to modernize. You have to uh, pitch to a minimum of three batters now. Oh. Which is going to help, but, like, that's, like, part of the... the I, I, I mean, again, it's an issue they're addressing. But, like, one of the ways that they have kind of stagnated a little bit and is really hard to follow for a casual fan. Like why have three different guys that all look the same come out <laughs> It pitched? I don't, I don't understand why doesn't one guy just do it. But one guy pitched for six innings and now this guy's pitching seven pitches and then he gets benched. Like what? Yeah, I guess. I mean, how, I mean, having the closer come in is pretty common, but how often, I mean, it's not uncommon, right? But, like, how frequently it's, is It's it happening been? more. Is the, the trend yeah. is it's happening more as, like, analytics gets more involved and you can see yeah, more, more things with, like, oh, this lefty struggles against a lefty that has, like, a good slider or something. So yeah. they got one guy that's, like, into pitch to lefties. Kind of like I almost, like, of part of me feels like, though, like, nerds deserve one fucking game. You know? Like, it, it, the... the <laughs> uh, uh, prevalence of statistics being used in baseball i think is great i mean it's a game that has so many moving parts and like i mean the thing that one of the things that i love about baseball is that there's some record broken in every single fucking game (laughs) it's like oh for the first time in 30 years you have a left-handed third baseman uh in the bottom of the eighth uh with a righty at bat and the winds at eight miles an hour there's always some, literally, like every single game, there's something new that's happening. And I think that's I can, something that I really appreciate about the game. I can confirm what the scenario Jack just mentioned has never happened in the last 30 years. Right. But you, you know what I'm saying, though? Like every single <laughs> yeah, game, yeah. like, oh, this this will be, you know, so, and, and to, the, to the point that it's almost like it, it, it becomes kind of stupid to certain degrees where they're like, 
oh, a team has never won a um, you know World Series when they've been blah blah, and they name off like nine different like qualifying factors. Like, uh, um, real quick, this I was actually going to transition at some point to how soccer deserves know, more of a chance. Subject matter. We're yeah. sticking to baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm into this. Yeah. To your point, in the nerds having a a sport. One of the reasons baseball is so fun from a statistics perspective, from a data perspective, is because every single play, again, there's no clock. Every single play has a defined start, a defined end. Yeah, each there's, one is like in a no, vacuum almost. Yeah, yeah. there's there's no, like, there, there are these short, sweet moments, right? And then it resets. Basketball, like, you could have 120 seconds of chaos, not what? even with anybody scoring, right? Football's like kind of there yeah. too, but it has like a million rules that don't make any sense. Right. Uh, and it's more freeform. It, it is a lot more freeform. Yeah. Baseball, it's like there's a pitcher, there's a batter. Got a pitch, right? Right. It's going to be, uh, I think there's like seven outcomes, but most of it, right? You can strike out, you can get a hit, you can right. walk. Those are the simple three. And then there's like you could follow off the ball. And there's sure. Like uh, so it's it's a it's a blast because you get you get these weird like okay well this guy's a power hitter or whatever, uh, but there's no men on, and the pitcher's a lefty and yeah. and, and, and you know whatever and it's uh, he's he's six innings in, and there's fatigue in his arm, right and his slider's been like there's there's so much you can dissect and it does make it a ton of fun, to kind of what we were talking about earlier. Those aren't things casual fans pick up. Casual fans are like, they don't move very far. Yeah. Like, especially from the TV angle, right? You see the pitcher, you see the batter and the catcher and the ump. There's people in the crowd. Probably Marlins man. Shouts to Marlins man. And then, like, the ball doesn't very even move very far on screen. Yeah. <laughs> even though it's covering 60 feet or whatever. And then it just starts over. And the the only exciting moments I think for for casual fans are home runs, right? Um, right. Which which if you're if you're actually into baseball, it's like not the most exciting thing. I, there well it could be, but there's so much other other pieces that digest. Um, yeah. And like if you saw a perfect game as a casual fan, you'd be like, that was so boring. Fucking boring. It right, was exactly. three to nothing. It's like, <laughs> what that person just did has been done 30 times right. in history. And there are, I don't know if you realize, a million games in baseball every right. season. <laughs> yeah. Did I, hey, this is a sidebar, but did I, did I tell you I uh, met the guy that, like, created the algorithm that is used to make the schedule for baseball. No, not like, no. like, so, uh, it used to be, they just did it manually. And it was fucking awful. Um, but this guy at Carnegie Mellon, um, like wrote an algorithm that basically yeah. makes it super easy to make the schedule every year. And I don't remember what, when he did it, but yeah, I remember we were meeting with them for, uh, some opportunity. I won't go, go into detail here, uh, meet with them for an opportunity. And, uh, he was like giving us his background. Sure. I'm like, that's the best thing about my job is like you get to meet some really cool people, especially out of like business schools that have yep. done some incredible stuff. And yeah, his thing was like he created the algorithm that makes the MLB schedule every year. And I'm like, that is fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say so. It, it is a sport that like I feel like, it, you know, 
for casual fans, the enjoyment is going to the game because it's basically just day drinking, right? Like that, or, or even a night game is like, you're just going to get hammered and watch a game. Like that's fun. Um, there was a period, obviously, like when the Cubs were getting there. And then, so probably from what, 2014, was it 2014 or 2013 was their first like, oh, okay, this is going to be something. Um, yeah. In- probably 20. 20- so, I mean, it's probably earlier than that. The people that really know baseball that were like, "Oh, this is coming together." But this I think is when Epstein signed. Yeah, so I think um, was it was Schwarber's first season was 2014. I think maybe. Sounds right. Cubs. Rizzo was the first one up. That was like this yeah. guy's going to be the part of the Whatever core. Was, yeah, when that when that team was coming together, yep. it was like obvious that they were going to be contenders um, for you know the foreseeable yep. few years. So that's when I like started to watch. I had buddies that were like lifelong Cub fans. I was like living in the area, so I started to watch them. Honestly, I grew up watching the Sox. Like my dad was a Sox fan. He's from Indiana, so like, but at that time, it's like I didn't want to watch the White Sox. Like they were fucking terrible. Even when they won the World Series, it was like kind of a weird like, how did this happen type scenario? Yeah. And then they went back to being kind of after that. And like you go to Sox games, like so I never got to experience Kaminsky either. So like I only went to the what was we call it the cell. It was U.S. Yep. Cellular Field. It's now guaranteed rate field uh, as my uh, handful of Sox fan. Isn't uh, the logo and a down arrow? Down arrow, yeah. Let's go and Sox. It's huge. It's right. It's straight it, down. It, it hangs over the highway too because yeah. the location of the park. Uh, Brent uh, Brett calls it the G spot, which I think is the best <laughs> fucking possible name for guaranteed rate field. Yeah, he's gonna um, listen to this one. So perfect. Uh, so keep bashing you know, the socks is what the, I'm the, saying. The, but the, I mean, the problem is like as a kid, and I was never someone who was super into sports. Like as a kid, and you go to a socks game, and there's like you know twenty percent at capacity, so it's like oh well, the food's good, you know. But it's not like you don't get that like energy, that fun. Yeah. So when I ended up living like a fucking block from Wrigley Field, like obviously I was like jump on the bandwagon, baby. Like I was all about it. So. Over those like three years, I watched a lot of baseball, especially in the the World Series win year. And like, obviously, like a total, totally fine admitting, like fair weather all the way. Like they were really good, so they were fun to watch. Um, you know, that's when I started to watch the game enough that it was like, oh, I know what Ariad is going to throw here because it, you know, you you start yep. to know what's yep. going to happen next. You're like, oh, Chapman's going to come in now. Like you know it before it happens because like some of that stuff is super obvious, right? But you yep. have to watch relatively consistently to know that kind of stuff before that like i totally get it like as a casual like watching one random game is fucking torture when you don't watch any baseball like yeah. you don't know so what's going I mean, on especially if it's not even like the team that like you and your friends can talk about like if i if i have to watch a uh like a miami marlins game or baltimore orioles game I was like i i don't have anybody to connect with on that except like my fantasy league right right um well so what's funny though is like when i started to watch so this is like starting in 2014 like through 2016 uh i started to crave it like i didn't care if it was the cubs like i just wanted to watch baseball because i just started to fucking love i think it was because i was starting to like understand it well enough that i knew things that were going to happen it's like i want to i want to be watching and be like this is going to happen next and it would happen and i'd be like "Eh." (laughs) like just like again nerds deserve one game (laughs) (laughs) um it's a ton of fun. I again, we we've talked about the clock a few times, and I, I yeah. don't want to overdo this, but I I don't think I've set the scene here entirely. I'm gonna say you're you're the Milwaukee Brewer, you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan, right? 
Brewers are playing the uh, Red Sox in the World Series. Yep. Probably this year, JK, they're not going to have a season because the league's dumb. The, the, the administration of the league can't yep. get it together. Brewers, Red Sox, Game 7 of the World Series. It's a best of seven series. Game 7. Yeah, nine innings. Every single run is the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. Let's say it's 3-3 in Milwaukee for me. Bottom of the nine, two outs, person on second. You can't tell me that is not the most intense environment ever. For, for casual fans, somebody on second, a single scores them. And they, the Brewers win the game, they win the World Series. Right. So you have, again, a pitcher, a batter, no clock to bail anybody out. Pitcher's got to make his move. Batter's got to, like, step up, right, and help his team and win a championship, be the best team in the world if he makes one play. Yeah. Or he's got to go down in flames. And I said it was 3-3. We'll call it 3-2. It is the most intense situation you can imagine the closest thing in like another sport i could imagine i'll use football is like a last second field goal or a patented aaron Rodgers hail mary yeah these like crazy turns the game on its head moments they are like the way baseball is structured just makes them happen more i almost feel like it's closer to compare it to like i think it's compared to golf almost like you know what i'm saying like it's such a mental thing like the aaron Rodgers yeah, hail mary is, is yep. like a good comparison in that like so much of it will come down to it's chance because there really is 22 like, people yeah right I, I, like, like, I like where you're going the pitcher the batter golf is just you right like i feel like people who are super into golf are probably also super into baseball because I mean, there's similar moments of isolation there versus like aaron Rodgers the hail mary not gonna lie, I mean, it, it just chance there too. Yeah. pisses me off entirely. But yeah, there's so much like other factors that play in there. Like every every other player on the field contributes to that happening. Versus, unless there's a major error, yep. it comes down yep. to the pitcher, yep. the batter, and that's it. And like golf, it's the guy hitting the fucking ball, yeah, and that's it. Like I feel like those are more like closely related, isolated incidents. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, again, if if you're in that scenario, and you you home you, you hit a home run, you win four three. Your name is etched into eternity. Oh yeah, in our naive sense of eternity. <laughs> and I mean, we've been talking in about the a city fucking... of Milwaukee. You are a legend in the state of Wisconsin. You are legendary. Right, that in team Ch- legendary. In Chicago, we've been bitching about a goat for over a century. Yeah. So that's like, not a greatest of all time no. reference. That's a literal Although, goat from as the far early as, 1900s. As far as goats go, if you're not a Cubs fan, that is the greatest of all time goat. <laughs> yeah, that's the goat goat. The goat, goat goat. Goat squared. It's the White Sox double goat. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you squared that goat and that goat had four corners... Uh, two of them are filled with piss, <laughs> yeah. as our goats yeah. want them to be. <laughs> One of them is biased. Uh, anyways, uh, it uh, it is the most intense sport in this, in certain scenarios, and and it's funny because you do have to kind of know 
why it is intense, which again is this barrier. I think that's it's a big easy part to understand too. a buzzer beater, right? Right. There's six seconds left. It's counting down, and they're down one. And I know a basket scores two as a, as a casual right. fan, right? Baseball's like, why is it an arrow down and a nine and a four to three and and there's a person on that base like what is it's harder well to... i think the big thing is like understanding ramifications like yeah. if you've got yeah. a guy on third and you know if you're pitching you've got a guy on third the tie scored and they've only got one out you're fucked like you yeah. like you know what i'm saying like understanding how much pressure there is there that, i think that, that's I mean, that, something that you don't understand that word i uh, somewhat i'm somewhat ashamed of myself i haven't mentioned pressure it is it is an unbelievable amount right. of pressure, particularly well, and, on a pitcher. And that's the exactly and that's that's scenarios. what I fucking love. So like yeah. all right, so look at like uh I, I use this as an example all the time because I'm I have uh personal affection for this man. Khalil Mack is gonna be a fucking beast, whether he's playing for the Raiders or playing for the Bears or playing for any other team. Right, you can make that argument for a lot of other players in the NFL. It's like if you are a lights out player on one team you know part of it's the system but at the end of the day it's like if you are uh, a fantastic player you're going to be a fantastic player anywhere Arietta wasn't really that spectacular he came to the cubs was fucking phenomenal left the cubs he's been good but not at all like the yeah. career that he had in chicago like that to me is like so interesting that like there's so and it's not just pitchers either i feel like there's a lot of players like that yeah. and it's like you just fall apart well, in another system so let's, let's touch on this, right? It base, baseball is the only sport where it is unbelievable to fail seven out of ten times at the plate, right? Yeah. Like, unbelievably good, to right. be clear. If you are batting 300, you get a hit three out of ten times. Right. And it is, like, MVP kind of, a, kind of an average. So in, in this, like, similarly, right, the great teams in baseball only win 60% of their games. Right. The best teams Over in baseball. Over 500 is, like, the metric for how you're doing this season. Like, the, like, great teams win 100 games or more. You play 160. Right. You can have 60 losses. You can lose 60 times yeah. in one season and be an all-time team. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing too. That's like I feel like you like you don't even need to watch baseball. Like if you just follow, like oh, how are we do in this series? How are we yep. do in this series? Oh, we took two. Great. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me, like that's a very unique. Yeah. It's it, it's a slow burn, right? Right. It's a slow burn throughout this entire season, and in in the beginning, right? It starts in April. Right. You got to see March. how things look after the All Star break. And, like it's like a yeah, yep. it's such a good. And, and you're like five games up. Okay, that's that doesn't mean much now. It's fluky. Uh, I can say from local experience here, the Mariners were like thirteen and one last season, and everybody knew it was luck and it was yeah. going to turn around. And sure enough. They ended as one of the worst teams in baseball. They won like 50 games. Yeah. They won 13 in like the first month and a half and then won 50 the entire year, which means they lost 112. <laughs> um, it's this slow burn. And then you get to the end. And I'll, I'll speak again for Brewers experience. I'm a Brewers fan. You play 162 games and somehow we're tied with the Cubs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
162 games later, played another game, a one-game playoff, uh, to determine who won the division. No, no, whatever. I won't get into too much context there, but incredible. It's 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 really incredible how things all average out and end up. Um, baseball has so much. Uh, it is so intriguing in so many ways. And it's hard to get into if you're a casual fan, and they need to make that barrier to entry lower, significantly lower. It's going to take away some of the tradition because they're, for better or worse, baseball has a lot of like cranky six year old white dudes that are like, ah, it's always, it's always <laughs> been. And like, you got to prepare for this younger generation, this Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. Generation is your future of your of your business. You got to figure out how to engage them, uh, and it's not with five hour games, right? right? Yeah, you, yeah, I'm with you. I, I you gotta say too, we all, I feel like it's also great. Like being an NL Central team just adds a lot of excitement too. Like knowing that every year there's probably going to be at least three solid teams in that yeah, mix. Like no, that's great. such a great like. You know what I'm saying? I think that adds yeah. to the experience, right? Um, like that's why honestly part of me thought it's, it's always I've always kind of felt like it's got to be kind of boring to be a Pats fan right like you know other than like winning all the time that's great but like isn't it boring just shitting on the Dolphins all the time like you know I mean like <laughs> yeah I guess we've always had the Pirates Dolphins, generally I feel like right you yeah. know like the Pirates have had some good seasons but I feel like generally speaking like Cubs cards Brewers for the last 15 yeah I don't know maybe not 15 years for the Cubs there were some some pretty up and bad down. It's there, up and down. But yeah. but this is one of the best parts about baseball. You mentioned this. The inconsistency is right. one of the value points right. here. It's like you could have a horrible year, and the next year, the guy that was hitting two hundred is hitting three hundred. Is it yeah. drugs? Is he taking steroids? Did he just practice more? Right. <laughs> Who right. knows? Uh, um, but that's one of the best parts about baseball. You could be the worst team in baseball, and next year compete for the playoffs. It's it's. There really yeah. is a ton of variance. That doesn't happen in basketball. It doesn't, it can occasionally happen in the NFL if there's like a crazy coaching change or whatever, but it's rare. Yeah, I and mean, it can happen in NBA if it's like yep. LeBron, right? Like who, right. you know, exactly. You know, it, it can happen, but generally no. Uh, I'll say uh, to another right. just kind of personal shout out being in the Atlanta area when Chipper Jones was in mm-hmm. his prime with the Braves was so fucking cool yeah oh god i remember like that guy was a fucking hero for me what i had is like multiple and i was again like this is someone who was not a huge sports guy and i still was like yeah i'd die for chipper jones yeah i I, I fucking (laughs) couldn't tell you what his numbers were like i couldn't tell you his stats but i just knew that like chipper jones goddamn legend and like oh god the braves like this is very racist the thing they do but like the stadium call that they do yeah yeah. he's he's making a motion yeah yeah the audience can't see me engaging in this racist act but yeah (laughs) that yeah it was a good time to be in atlanta the dirty birds were in the super bowl like it was a good time to be outside of atlanta um yeah uh last thing here i we're, we're dragging on Baseball's playoffs, which we've touched on, is like one of the best. I, I will say parts of any sport, yeah. In general, uh, baseball—it's so intense every single pitch. If you get into the playoffs, you've got as good a shot as anybody else. Yeah, it is. It is because the greatest teams ever win sixty, sixty-five percent of their games. Any given seven-game series can go any direction. You can have a guy 
That this happened when the Cubs won the World Series. One of the one of Cleveland's best pitchers, the Cubs beat the uh, Cleveland Indians. One of Cleveland's best pitchers got a blister on his thumb or a cut on his thumb from playing with his drone. <laughs> Changed the series. He couldn't pitch as well. It, right. it, there's like these little things. A guy can have like maybe broke up with his girlfriend or got dumped or something. Well, now his head's not in the right space, and he's just—he can't pitch well. It, it, there's—it's the flukiest game in the world. Yeah, and that's part of what makes it so fun. Uh, was it what year was the like the Red Sox uh, insane comeback? Was that two thousand four? Okay, I believe. yeah, there was that one. There was—I mean, there've been a few. It's I mean, the, like... the the Red Sox—they who hadn't won a, a title in. 60 years and they were down 3-0 to the Yankees in the ALCS yeah the, the semifinals and they came back one four straight won the World Series the Cubs hadn't won in 101 years yeah. and they won a World Series I hate the Cubs that year was miserable Dude, that was uh, even if you're not a Cub fan though like that was a great series with the Indians that was Oh, it was a great yeah. series yeah. I'll agree to that I don't like yeah. how it ended at all um <laughs> This is this week on Earth, and I think it's important for us to uh, bring you news uh, from the planet we uh, unfortunately inhabit with crazies. Uh, with that in mind, we have an important article for everyone today. The headline reads, U.S. gun owners aim firearms at their genitals to settle feud within community. This article, this, this, this headline should be... <laughs> People cut off nose to spite face. Like that is the literal thing that is happening here. Gun Unbelievable. <laughs> I and I'm gonna I'll I'll read this line. I think this is the gist of the article. I mean obviously the article's like just know that this baffling trend is going on. This line sums up why are they are doing this. To everyone asking why, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the thinking here is guns don't kill people, people with guns kill people, so we're going to point them at our dicks to prove how safe they are, or something. <laughs> and then there's just a bunch of pictures of literally what, what you just outlined, right? The people pointing guns, fingers on the trigger. Safety's off. Safety's off at their genitals. Uh, I, I do like, um, I do like this, like, congratulating people for keeping their finger in the right place is like congratulating someone for not wrapping their seatbelt around their neck or for not shitting their pants in public, the moderator added in a confounding explanation that simultaneously manages to make light of practicing safety precautions while joking about how stupid it would be to not brag, uh, excuse me, to brag about not wearing a seatbelt. This is, we've come full circle. I, I do believe that there must be a community of trolls on the internet that have convinced people to shoot themselves in the dick to prevent procreation of lunatics. It is unbelievable. I, uh, these are the exact people that should not have guns. Yes, I, I, I agree. Mean? Like, I, like, it should be if you post this picture, your house is raining. <laughs> I mean, one of the first things you learn with owning a firearm is do not point your gun at anything you are not willing to destroy not yeah. kill destroy 
right? So this is like a broader idea that you like you do not point a firearm at anything that you are not comfortable with obliterating from the planet. Why are you pointing a gun at your dick? I don't care. There's no. <laughs> it's like this is just so contrary to even as someone who like at this point in my life I am supportive of people that want to own guns. No part of me would ever say, hey, you know what? Anyone who thinks that guns are dangerous is stupid because it's really the person yield- wielding the gun. That still doesn't mean you should point it at your dick. Like, that is just, <laughs> like, there's no reason. That's like, I, I, I am so comfortable around fire. I'm going to light my crotch on fire and put it yeah. out just to show you how comfortable I am around fire. Hey, man, like, what it, like, everybody, you know, like, when you get those twitches sometimes... Like in your hand or your arm or your, or your legs or your feet or whatever. It's just like, you know, whatever it is, your body just hits a nerve and you just twitch. Right. That would have happened to these people. They would have lost their genitals. What if you sneezed? <laughs> like, yes, yes. Which we do constantly all day. And the, <laughs> like, Jack, the funny part about that is like somebody that has done this would, would listen to this and be like, well, you know when a sneeze is coming. Like... Knowing when a sneeze is coming is some sort of defense for this behavior. (laughs) I'm all for gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership is, I I think it's perfectly fine. In in the same sense that, like, I don't think there's any problem with anyone having any other weapon in their home if they respect that weapon and and treat it as such. You know... What about sharks? Yeah, you want to own some sharks? (laughs) You want, to, you want to lure a, a home burglar into your shark tank? Um, they'll either get <laughs> home eaten, alone style. Yeah. They'll either get eaten or they'll have a great business proposition that will make them <laughs> millionaires. <laughs> I got Mark Cuban trapped in my home to deter burglars. Uh, yeah, um, wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's close with that. If if uh, you just mentioned the the kind of central core tenets, let's um, let's put it this way. If they're willing to point it at their own genitals, what else are they willing to point it at? <laughs> Thank you for for summing that right. up. Yes, uh, it's it's not safe. It's not responsible. I think the vast majority of gun owners understand this and get really frustrated with the. I'll say the more publicized stuff like this, right? If somebody pointing at their own genitals does not represent the majority of gun ownership, I'm not going to say that I stand behind all. Uh, outlets that really promote gun ownership like i don't don't think the nra does a lot of good at this point that's like a lot of that but yeah uh individuals themselves i have friends that own guns that are completely responsible intelligent and it's like uh you know if you've never shot a gun at a range a very controlled environment with a target that you know is safe it's kind of fun Right, it's like this the same as like shooting a like a bow and arrow or like, you know whatever. Um, um, yeah, I mean, basically, what we're getting at is don't shoot yourself in the dick. Yeah, yeah, please, or anyone else's, or literally, just if you're thinking about that, get rid of the. Gun. Yeah, I put it this way: there's very <laughs> few dicks that I value more than my own. Please tell me which ones. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. Um. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> uh, That'll be an old segment. Dick Van Dyke. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, Dick Van Dyke. He's up there. Um, it goes my dick. Uh, no, it goes Dick Van Dyke. Uh, dick Wolf. Dick Nixon. Uh, Tricky Dick. 
my own dick. Every value, other dick. <laughs> you value Richard Nixon more than yourself. I mean, honestly, it between contributions to the world, good or bad, between myself, my own penis, and Richard Nixon, as a person, I think Nixon has done more. Uh, he's had a greater impact than my own penis. So Certainly a greater impact, maybe not overly positive that's fair so all right so changing the order dick van dyke (laughs) dick wolf my penis richard nixon every other penis um (laughs) let's put it this way there are very few dicks that i value more than my own that saying if i'm willing to point one at my own penis i'm probably just happy pointing it at someone else's without a second thought (laughs) um what i will say is that there's no way i'm shooting dick van dyke that guy is a goddamn legend yeah, I agree. Richard Dixon's already dead, so I don't need to worry about that one. Dick Wolf, I'm really not sure on that one, but he did a great job on Law & Order, so if he is alive, he gets a pass. Alright, man. I think that is episode 19. That's in the books. We're closing the book. And it's one of those nice leather-bound tomes. Makes a noise. When you, it's got a smell. It's a nice mm. thud. Boom. Can you can you smell that kind of rustic, papyrusy waft? Yep. Episode nineteen. We're done. <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm David. Episode nineteen. We're done again. Jack talks about fucking birds one more time on this podcast, I am going to lose it. Those things should have all died when that meteor killed all of their ancestors as dinosaurs. And I don't want any birds around ever again. Just last year, I was walking back from work to home and a bird pooped right on my head. It's one of those moments where you're like, oh, that'll never happen to me. And then you start to itch your head after you feel something. Oh, it's wet. It's bird poop. It's clearly bird poop. And the rest of your mile and a half walk home through downtown Seattle is filled with the knowing that you have bird poop on your forehead and everyone is laughing at you. Got home, I showered, I got the bird poop off of my goddamn head. And the next morning, I am walking to the bus to go to work. Another bird pooped on my goddamn head. I have never been more upset. And this, I'm going to work, mind you. Of course, after I feel this, I think there's no way. This bird just pooped on my head again. That happened yesterday. It's never happened in my entire life. It is not going to happen two days in a row. I get to work. I do not go home and shower like a smart person would. I get to work after a bus ride of people staring at the back of my head that there's bird poop on. I get to work. I go in the bathroom to check it out, and sure enough, there is bird poop. So now that morning, I'm washing bird poop 
out of my hair at work as people walk in and start to get their coffee in the morning. It was all very embarrassing. I am not a fan, and I hate birds. I have a vendetta against birds. My cat hates birds. He'll he'll take them out, too. I'll take them out. We'll all take them out. All right. Sorry about that. None of them. What? We... You'll have to throw that at the end of an episode. <laughs> what? <laughs>